Hey, Warriors, and welcome back. And, well, I just want to apologize for my last podcast. There was a slight echo, and it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't for dramatic emphasis at all. Um, I didn't realize my mic's echo was on until after I had already put it out there, and I apologize for that. But I also would like to give a shout-out to Rand and Tim, who actually have contacted me through the Facebook page and just shared their thoughts about the podcast and even just some thoughts, period. And it was really nice to hear from you guys, and I want to open up to you guys. If you want to look it up, I'll put it, the link uh, in the podcast, so that way you can go to the page, you can join that page, and you, if you want to email me through that page, that would be awesome. I'll respond the best I can, and I would love to hear how this podcast has affected you, has encouraged you, or you know something that you've been wanting to say to me that would be awesome to hear from you guys um also tim has also reached out at the same time because his church has been looking for a pastor for quite a bit and it's in alaska and it's in a town called i'm gonna probably butcher this but huna which is h-o-o-n-a-h the church is called huna presbyterian church and it is an island but if you have been looking for a job in ministry, a pastor's job, and you feel like God's calling you to go to Alaska, I'm going to also put the church link at, at the bottom as well of the podcast that you can actually get in contact with the church and ask them um, about the position and see if they'll give you any information. But you know, let's also pray for this church because it sounds like it's been quite a few years since they've been looking. And it's, you know, it's not a place that people know of. Uh, and it's also on an island, you know, and it's in Alaska. And, and there's not a lot of people who I've met that actually have ever said they want to go to Alaska, but there is someone called for this job. So let's make sure to pray for this church. Let's make sure that if you are looking, seek it out. Because you, just because you may have never dreamt or thought about going to Alaska does not mean God does not need you there. So once again, um, I will have the, the link in the podcast at the end. So this week's conversation has been something that's been on my mind. So this is kind of more like a real talk. Uh, I've been reading this book that's been about church planning. And he had made he made a statement of some type that a lot of times people will hear 99% of the time the truth and 1% a lie. And that lie is so strong that it's hard to tell if it's not true. So what I've been kind of saying to myself is a lot of times what is going on, especially in our Christian culture today, is that 99% of the time of what pastors or leaders or groups, musicians, whatever it may be that are in this position of leadership over people, they teach a 99% truth, but they also talk about that 1% lie. And unfortunately, the people are believing that 1% lie 100% of the time. And I know that's kind of a weird thought and how to think about what I'm trying to say, but the idea is that just because someone sounds correct 99% of the time, but then there's those little things that they kind of say that's basically the 1% that doesn't connect with scripture doesn't mean that person is okay. Because a lot of times that 1% can just transform a whole view of truth into a different type of thinking. Now, for one example, you know, it's 
not specific from anybody or to anybody or a church, but if I were to go and tell you that Jesus died for you, that he rose again on the third day, and that all you have to do is accept him as your savior, but you also got to make sure you do good, otherwise you could lose your salvation. Now, if you think about my whole statement, 99% of it is true because the scripture talks about all the other stuff. But the last part I threw in there to show that if I have enough people who believe in what I'm saying could take that and go, oh, yeah, you're right. We're supposed to do good works. We're supposed to follow being a good person because that in itself is 99% true. Because are we not supposed to seek out holiness and do what is right, what is holy, what is good, what is upright, what is godly? We're supposed to be doing that. But what my twist was is that it's a part of your salvational acceptance. So you have to do all these good works to accept Christ's gift. You see, that's how much... And this is a simple way of looking at it, but that's how a lot of times what's been going on in our churches have been bringing in this theology of progressive and new age and even worldly philosophy into the church. And we see a lot of it lately in like 2020 into this year has been the social justice gospel. Like the reasoning is we're supposed to love all people, correct? Yes, we are supposed to love the people. So therefore, we're supposed to also get out there and fight for justice because in scripture, the word justice is used. So therefore, we're supposed to fight for justice. And you're like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. We're supposed to fight for justice. That means we're supposed to stand with all of our black brothers and sisters in Christ with the BLML movement and support it full heartedly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets behind it. Why? Because we're not, we're, we're trying to do a square plus b square equals c square so therefore this is all correct but the problem is if you don't go and look to see what blm movement the organization not actual caring about black lives but the the organization that all of us have been supporting you know jumping on that bandwagon their beliefs do not match scripture so are we supposed to accept that? Well, we're supposed to fight for them because they, so they, some of them have gone through so much. You can fight on behalf of individuals from the hate that has happened to them. But why do we have to jump onto an organization? Because we want to have meaning. We're striving to feel meaning, to feel a purpose, to feel a value so we want to jump on an organization because it's like representing something. Because that's the one thing I've noticed over the last 15 years. Especially more now that there's all these options that we can have. We want to feel meaning. We want to put on a tabard of some type. A, a jersey that represents something. Because we're hoping that will leave us some type of legacy some way of remembrance knowing that we have some type of value to something that we did something because we could be in those pictures with our hands up you know fighting for this justice because it'll go down in history because look look at all these people who fought for this 
But that's the key thing, and Satan knows that, that we strive to want to be remembered. We don't want to be forgotten. We don't want to be lost. We don't want to feel that we're undervalued. That's the human side of us. We strive for that. And guess what? False teachers and wolves, liars, they all strive for a very similar reasoning. They want to feel powerful, loved, cherished, and they don't they absolutely don't want to be forgotten. Because they want to leave some type of legacy, some type of remembrance of what they have done. So when we hear some of these pastors that we could say 10 years ago, man, they speak truth. They're walking the walk. I, I just know that they love Jesus by the way they're saying it. And then we look at them in the last two years or technically a year and up to this point, And I don't recognize those pastors anymore. They're not speaking the gospel message anymore. They're not speaking the truth anymore. Now they're twisting it. They're twisting it just enough to put manipulational vibes into the phrasing to make you feel you have to believe this because otherwise you're not a Christian. And I've been seeing this with other Christians and people who I, I respect and you don't do that. That's not co confronting someone in truth that is trying to manipulate them to say, hey, a Christian does not believe that. So, you know, so then you're not a Christian. We got to be careful how we phrase our words because that's not the intention. But the truth is, if someone is doing wrong, if literally you know somebody is living with their girlfriend when they're not supposed to be because that's fornication, you can confront your brother in Christ. If they are speaking not biblical, you can confront your brother in Christ. You can have good discussions, even if you disagree, but there's not a manipulation, which is what false teachers try to do, especially some of these pastors have become, because there is some type of motivation, some type of celebrity feel that they want to have. They don't want, they want to have followers. They want to have people that just want to listen to and want to be there. And then the number one thing that comes out of all of this is the money. Sadly, money does get involved and does have some type of pattern within the problem of what's going on in our society, especially in the Christian culture, the Christian church culture. We want to be famous. We want to be remembered. We want to be known. You know, think about all the, like, the worship bands and the groups. Like, if you know John Cooper and you know Skillet, did you know that they've been approached before if they just stopped talking about Jesus, that they would probably be the best or most well-desired band to listen to by the world? And John told them... Our goal is not to be that. Our goal is to recognize our Savior and what we do in our music. You see, he, he gets it in his head. He understands that his purpose is not about being remembered. His purpose is, is about letting people know who God is, what Jesus has done in his life, and that you could find that in the music that they're doing, 
because all their music is always pointing back to God and Jesus. I mean, the fact that there's even people who don't consider themselves Christian who love their music, if you research and study the, what, what, who he is, like if you even got his book, you would understand that the whole motive behind their music has always been to bring people to Christ. He even preaches about Jesus at the concerts they do because they have tons of people who are not saved that do join their, their music and, and listen to them. You see, that's how it should be. You know, I love Skillet, and they are, in a lot of ways, a famous Christian band. And God will reward and, and respect and, like, basically give them an honor for honoring him. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be known. What's not okay is that's the desire that you have. So you want to be recognized. You see, if we were to go to... Um, Let's see, where are we going to go? First Timothy, I believe, first. Yeah, second Timothy. Second Timothy 4, 3, and 4. It states, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the tr truth and wander off into myths. You see... This is what's going on in our today in today's culture that's going on in our church culture. We're finding that people don't want to be told about sin. They don't really want to be told that they need to change. They just want a feel-good message that allows them to enjoy being a Christian. And it's really interesting because if you have heard uh, Casting Crown's late, one of their latest songs, um, he actually speaks on this specifically, which cracked me up because he describes exactly the wordings where like they have someone who speaks their dreams and keeps them in their dreams. And I thought, man, that is so true because that is the point. People don't want to be pulled out of reality. They want to stay in this dream world that everything is okay, right? They don't want to be talked about uh, that, hey, you need to change your life. You need to repent. They don't want that. So the song is called Start Right Here. And uh, the essence behind the song is <clears throat> if you want to see change, you want to see your church to be doing something, you want to be doing something yourself, you got to start with your own self, your own heart. If you're not walking the walk, if you're not walking in truth, then what's going to happen is that you are going to be easily influenced by whatever comes by because it's whatever makes you feel good. Because a lot of times what's interesting about, about truth is it makes you, the, the one of the best words to use is vulnerable because it opens you up and people don't like that. People hate being vulnerable. That's the last thing you want to do. So what they do is they look for people who fit what they want. And the, and the sad part is a lot of pastors are starting to give in to this thinking, not realizing that they're fitting right into 2 Timothy 4, 3, and 4. I mean, it's scary that there is men preaching such truth when in Scripture it tells you to not do it. Because if you go two verses before that, it says, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, re rebuke, exhort, and with complete patience and teaching. Because there is going to be a time 
where people are not going to be interested in that. And it's, and it's there. But as you keep talking about this truth and keep sharing this truth and keep talking about sin, it's not you that penetrates their hearts and minds. It's the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. And we've been talking about second Timothy and we've been talking about how easily people are starting to want to just hear what they want to hear. Whatever the, the phrasing I love is the itching ears. So the goal is behind today's culture is we don't want to be <laughs> as they would call it, judging people. But the truth is God's already judged them. We're just repeating truth. So basically what they want is people of the world to like them they're like oh look at these christians they are supporting the blm movement they're supporting the lgbtq and company they are just oh, they're just so wonderful look at their they're understanding what it means to love others and the truth is that's not what that means what that means is that you're willing to compromise truth to feel good about other like have people feel good about you and you feel good about other people so you start focusing on basically yourself and not on truth anymore. So how are we supposed to be aware or, or concerned about what's going on? Well, if we go to Matthew 7, 15 and 20, this is the most common scripture talk towards false teaching. It states in verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And the answer is no. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So the idea I wanted to take from this section of verse, like I've talked about it before in a different way, but the idea is I, I want to focus a little bit more on the question that he has. And then so every tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. See, the thing is, if you're following truth, right, you're, you're saying what God has repeated in his scriptures to other another person, you are bearing the good fruit of Christ, right but if you're doing the 99% true and then a 1% lie and believe in that lie 100% what kind of fruit do you think you're going to bear because one of my favorite lies in the church right now is we're supposed to love everybody because Christ loved everybody because God God sent Jesus to be the, the peacemaker though he came in peace he was also there to start war, which was to end what sin has done and to get people prepared for basically what's considered the church age and have them spread the gospel because the end times will be coming at some point. Now, yeah, it's been over 2000 years, but 
it still hasn't changed. There's still that desire that we're supposed to be teaching the truth. And the truth is someone who's sinning is a sinner. Someone who may accept a Christ is still in sin. I would actually be in question because when you accept Christ, there should be a change. You should be desiring not to sin anymore. Not trying to figure out how to twist the scriptures enough to accept your sin because it's not that bad. Because that's the thing. Like the other part of loving everybody is, well, this sin is not as bad as a sin. So we go and look at, well, someone who's a murderer versus someone who's a thief, you know, that's at a different level of sin. It's not that bad. So shouldn't they shouldn't be punished, blah, blah. But the thing is, when, if they, if this guy who lied all, only the only sin he did was lie, and this person all he did was murder, and they both stand before the Lord, and they did not accept Christ as their Savior, they're both going to hell for the same thing, sin. So, is our goal is, or is it, is it that we're supposed to just like, not worry about the lesser sins and just focus on what we think is more of a problem? See, that's, that's the problem with the 99% true, but believe in the 100% lie. 100% of the time. So we go back, I mean, homosexuality in scripture is stated as an abomination, wrong, evil, and not part of God's plan for marriage, period. That's what scripture says. So how are we able to twist that to say that's not what that really means? Well, one of, the, one of the famous things to say by some of these liberal progressives is the word homosexuality is not written in the scriptures. Well, yes, you're right. The word homosexuality is not written in the scriptures, but near is, neither is Trinity. But yet you probably believe the Trinity exists, right? But neither neither is the word computer. But you know, if you look at something that you shouldn't be looking at on the computer, that's a sin. And the, the word pornography is not written in scripture, but we all know that we would not be happy if someone was doing that. You see, we could sit there and nitpick different words and try to justify the meaning because then if, you know, if we take your logic, then if any of these guys who are struggling in pornography want to continue to look at pornography, they can because they can say, well, the word pornography is not in there. So therefore I can do what I want to do. Right. So that's why you can't sit around and play with the word game. It's the truth game. The truth says A. A plus A equals A. You can't make A plus B because I think differently equals A. That's not proper math. And you can't pick and choose scripture because then, because that's what the other thing people do is, well, the Bible's not 100% true anyway because different people have written in the book and we don't know if if uh, they, they've neglected some Bible verses or try to cut out things because, you know, maybe the early church was trying to not, have, they're trying to create certain things. Well, now you're starting to say that God does not protect God's word. Is there some books of, Bible, books of the Bible that are rewritten today wrong? Yes. That's why you need to go back to the, the original scriptures to make sure that the one the the one you're using is actually teaching you correct truth. It's still work. You still got to study. You still got to you know learn things. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want it handed to them, which is why I think the other issue that we have of why people believe in the one one percent lie is because no one wants to study. 
Nobody wants to make the effort to learn. Nobody wants to do extra work in life. You know, life is just too hard. I already work a 40-hour job, and I don't need to be spending more time trying to do more schooling with the Bible. You know, that's what the pastor's for. But that's the problem. Because we've lived in this type of society for almost 20 years now, um, we have found a lot of Christians who have decided to falter away from the truth because they don't even know it. So that puts in the question, false prophets and wolves that are in the church, because they know that they know that the average Christian isn't going through their Bible. They could preach whatever they want. And because they're so charismatic and loved by the people, they can preach a lie. And you'll just go, amen, y'all, amen, brother, amen. And then you'd be like, but he said something that's not true. No, you know, this is Pastor So-and-so. This, you know, we're not supposed to talk bad about him. And that's the other, that's the main thing that also bugs me too, is that you're not supposed to question your pastor. Why not? And scripture tells you if your brother or sister, or, you know, mainly it talks about the brother, if he is sinning and doing something that's against truth, you're supposed to confront them. That means your your pastor too, and there's pastors out there preaching that when we talk about false prophets or false teachers or wolves, they're actually. And I I heard him I heard this one guy in a sermon saying that is not pastors, that's not evangelists, that's not teachers, that's the membership. That's a lie. That's straight up false teaching. Because what it's doing is it's saying that because you're, quote, quote, anointed as the pastor of the church or the evangelist or the teacher or whatever it may be, that you can't do wrong. That is an absolute lie. I can sin just as much as you can. I'm put in a higher position of accountability above people who aren't teaching or preaching. Because that's where God has placed me, and I need to make sure that I'm still teaching truth. That's why I hope when once the church gets going, that people don't be afraid to ask questions or confront me about something. They say, well, that's not what I read. This is what I thought. So I can learn because I can learn from other people just as much as me teaching what I need to teach. See, that's why we have to be so careful of of the 99 truth and 1% lie. Because a lot of times we believe that 1% 100% of the time. There are so many people I've seen who have been so easily duped because pastor so-and-so said this and they've been a good pastor for 10 years. Is there pastors that are still walking walk? Absolutely. I've had people tell me my pastor is still walking in truth. My pastor is not falling for this stuff. Awesome. But when we look at our celebrity pastors, what are we seeing? We're seeing hundreds and thousands of people believing their lie. It comes down to this. You cannot learn to love others appropriately and properly ever you want to use the wording, unless you love God 100%. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's 100%. That's every aspect of your life. Because if you don't understand how to love God, 
What makes you think you understand how to love a person? You're being a fool by listening to these lies and accepting them without question. Jesus came to make war, but he also brought in grace. The enemy is strong and swift and quick and is a roaring lion looking to devour anyone who's easily influenced. Why do you think Paul talks about the mind so much? Why do you think he even described battle with armor? Why do you think he has the list of the armor specifically named? Why do you think the fruits of the spirit are described? Because we are in a constant warfare for our flesh and our spirit. The sin nature, the enemy wants us to be fed by this world and think if the world just loves me, then I'm doing Jesus' job. But the problem is the world is not supposed to love us, but they should respect us because if you're respectful to others, they should respect us, but they're not going to always. We should be in, in our in a, uh, well known and, and actually liked in our neighborhood and our community. They should know, hey, that guy loves Jesus and he is a man of God. And he walks in truth. He is upright. He loves his wife. He's not messing around with anyone. He doesn't cuss around. He doesn't do a, he, like, they should be able to know and point at you and say, that man honors, loves, and lives by the truth. But doesn't mean they're going to agree with you. Doesn't mean they're going to like you all the time. Oh, he, he doesn't like homosexuals. Well, no, it's not I don't like homosexuals. I just see that what they're doing is a sin. Just like someone who goes to the bar and gets drunk, they're sinning. Just like someone who lies constantly, especially lies even once, they're sinning. That kid who stole at the store, he sinned. Because scripture tells me that it's wrong. So straightforward, men, how is your character? Are you walking in truth? Are you believing the 99% truth, 1% lie? Because if you don't know the truth and you're accepting of all these like philosophies and ideologies that are just coming into our church because it looks nice and it seems to be attractive to the, the world. Because here's the thing is, guys, Jesus is not going to be attractive. The Holy Spirit is going to impact people's hearts, but it's not going to be attractive. People are going to like that people are kind and caring, loving respectful and honorable and are willing to do the good thing but a lot of times you know we always talk about who who always gets who always gets the good stuff usually it's the bad person the troublemaker they always seem to get by with you know in life but that's not necessarily true but the thing is like god points out you know in psalms 37 that the wicked will get everything they have here on earth but at the end, they're going to be shafted in the wind and gone. And they're going to be the, the pile that gets burned up. In other words, they go to hell. They're not going to be rewarded for their deeds. They get the, they get the worst ending ever. But it's also the same for us Christians. We're walking around living our life not for truth, 
what are you going to give God when you, Jesus, when you stand before him and you open up your chest and there's not a single crown in there because you wasted it for yourself. You took all the glory. You took the grounds, crowns for yourself. You see, all of this matters. Understanding that you have to t accept the 100% truth and recognize that 1% lie so that you're more prepared. Because here's the thing is, guys. The reason why you don't see that lie sometimes is because you don't know your truth 100%. And a good liar, a good false teacher, a good wolf is going to make it sound amazing and it's just going to flow right in and you're not going to question because one, you trust them 100%. Two, it's smooth talking. Three, it sounds 100% true. And I'm not talking about the theological words of A and B and they're this type of person. They believe this and they're, the, no, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about simple truth because it, it's not, it's not anything complicated. And scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love God, the Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So in other words, you got to love God first, 100%. That means you got to believe his truth. You got to follow his ways. You got to honor him. You got to trust him. You got to recognize sin when you see it and call it what it is. And you don't compromise. So there's no, well, you know, they're a Christian. Yes, they're gay. But hey, they're a Christian. That's not how it works. They're still in sin. So you need to pray that they find repentance and change. Well, you know, so-and-so has a really hard life, so, you know, sometimes they get drunk. Well, you pray for them that they find repentance and that they change. Because it's it's like, what I don't understand is, you would not allow a drunk man to be with your child. But it's okay to allow people who are teaching an alternative view of marriage to teach your child. See, what's the difference? Both are considered a sin in God's eyes, but you're okay because the one is more loving. See, that's the, that's the whole thing. We are believing the 1% lie 100% of the time. Don't believe in truth. It doesn't mean you be mean. It doesn't mean that you know, like, I would never be mean to someone who has problems with drinking and getting drunk. I will not be mean to someone who's a homosexual and who's, who's struggling with a sin. I'm not going to be mean to them. That's not the goal. Okay. We're not Westboro Baptist church. That's not the concept behind it, but you should be praying that they find repentance and change and pastors should be preaching on that truth. This is sin. This is a list of sins. This is sins in God's eyes. You and I, all of us, if we struggle with this, we're sinning, repent, work on it, change, Seek out the Holy Spirit to help us through this. You see, that's the truth. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Not trying to slip in the 99% truth, 1% lie. And we need to tell those pastors who are doing this to stop. We need to confront those men. And if they don't want to hear it, and if they try to kick you out of the church, leave and find a church that's teaching truth. That's the ultimate answer for this whole thing. You speak out. They don't want to hear it. They won't repent. They're not going to change. And they're trying to kick you out of the church. Leave the church. You don't have to stay in that church. 
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. I pray that these words will be useful for some of these men and maybe even women that are listening, that you will transform their hearts, that you will teach them to repent, <coughs> that you would help them to understand what it means that to not just believe the 90% 90 truth, but don't believe that 1% lie and confront it. I pray that they start paying attention and listen to what they hear because they're studying God's word and they're understanding God's word. They're, they're learning God's word. And they're recognizing that there is this influence by the enemy in churches trying to change the mindset of the church. And I pray, Lord, if churches are starting to struggle right now, that if people are here, part of churches that are like that, that they'll start praying for their church even more to get rid of that 1% lie so that it's 100% true church. That you help them in their walk, if they're struggling with sin, that you would help them to get back on track, that you help them to repent, to turn from that sin, to find encouragement, accountability, anything that they need to get away from that by following your truth for one, but two, finding a group of men who care about them, encourage, encourage them, pray for them, that they know that they are a gift from you and one, two, are brothers in Christ who want them to walk upright. Because all of us, we struggle with some type of sin, and it may not be the same all the time, but we do struggle, and that's part of the flesh battle. But as long as we have accountability, we have brothers and sisters around us who love us in Christ, who encourage us, who pray for us, who are there for us, we know that we're not alone facing these battles. So I ask, Lord, that you just help churches that have been believing the 99% truth by these false teachers and prophets and wolves, but also believing that 1% lie 100% of the time, that you will cleanse those churches, that you will awaken these people to start looking at their truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I'm going to leave... Uh, that church information link that you can go on and reach out to the church if you feel that you should check out the job to pray for that church for Tim. And then once again, I would also have the link to the Facebook page. Join it. I don't put a lot of content on there other than the podcast mostly, but if you guys want to respond to anything I put on there, please do. Um, otherwise, you can email me through the the page you know I'll, I'll answer as soon as i can and i would appreciate hearing back from you guys and i hope you guys have a blessed day see you next time